0: You're listening to Goggler Presents, Ian Umar and Bahe with you. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, but also because it's been a long time since a show's come around that's been as, I guess, exciting, complex, and layered as HBO's Lovecraft Country. So this is now our new weekly dissection into the series. We were going to call it Podcraft Country, but of course the world beat us to it. And there now seems to be a million podcasts already called Podcraft Country. So with that in mind, we've decided to call ourselves Lovecast Puntry, because that's just how we roll. Um, Not very well. Not very well, no. Uh, Now, if you are unfamiliar with the series, Lovecraft Country is by Misha Green. She is responsible for the very excellent but short-lived show, Underground. Um, It is also produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, and it stars Jonathan Majors, Journey Smollett. Um, uh, An incredible lineup of actors, uh, but also it is set in the 1950s in America, and it kind of uses pulp horror, Lovecraftian fiction to tell this story about race in America. Uh, Very similar to what was done with Watchmen. So uh, HBO seems to be on a bit of a trend right now, but they're pulling it off really, really well. Uh, We reviewed the show and we gave you a kind of overview of the show in the Goggler podcast, so you can go check that out if you want something spoiler-free. But if you've seen episode one, this is the right place. You are here. We are going to spoil it from the get-go. We're going to talk about all of the cool little Easter eggs and literary references and everything that happens in the show because God knows it got us very, very excited. Um, The show is also based on a book by matt ruff uh which i think came out in 2015 or 2016 so about five four or five years ago um which is also well worth the read so guys lovecraft country wh- what was the thing that happened in this show that that had you hooked because i know what moment it was for me i mean
1: it has to be that first two minutes 90 seconds right
2: yeah that i mean that no i no idea whatsoever what the show is about and just like okay he's in the war wait is that a Martian from the nineteen fifties? War of the world's war machine? Wait, what's that over there? What's yeah? What's that over there? Why it's, is it? Why is the Cthulhu yeah. monster from Rick and Morty flying around? What the hell? What the hell? Why
1: is it in black and white? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think and I think it that that moment when it shifts because he's 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 fighting through a you know what you call it a trench and then he's killing yeah. people. I mean, when it opens, you're not sure is it World War One, World War Two, and then you realize the people he's killing are Asians. Mm-hmm. And then he crawls over the lip of the trench and you see this. I mean, first of all, color suddenly pops up with an explosion. And, and then you see, you know, HG Wells, like war of the world's aliens floating around There's Oh,
0: you get the, you get the Martian monsters.
1: You get the Martian the tripods. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, you mentioned the Sulu type thing flying overhead. And I mean, you just keep watching it. And I think for me, it was all that was great. But I think towards the end of that sequence, when a certain uh, baseball player shows up and saves him in inverted commas, I think I was like, okay, I know what this show is for me now.
0: Funnily, that narration at the beginning of the show, where he goes, you know, this is the story of a boy and his dream, but more than that, this is the story of an American boy and a dream that is truly American. That, yeah. that whole voiceover was from the Jackie Robinson movie, so right. it was actually lifted directly from the Jackie Robinson story from 1950. So. Oh right. Yeah, everything in that sequence is kind of borrowed and pinched and yeah. used to such great effect. It is. It is very. Okay, so it is very Jordan Peele slash J.J. Abrams. But that being said, uh, you know, we, uh, we we did an interview with Jonathan Majors. or we were part of a roundtable. And I think uh, one of the other journalists, I mean, we have the interview up on Gogler.my, but one of the other journalists asked this question, which is why it's not in our interview. But the other journalist said, oh, you know, you must be so excited working with J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. What was it like, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Jonathan Majors was like, oh, we never really met. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think they were on set. I think they they lent their names to the executive producer credit, and I think maybe they would have overseen the development of the project. Yeah, but it probably. is very much Misha
2: Green's baby. Yes, they probably brought the green for Misha Green to make the show. Correct correct yeah, that's true. um yeah. so
0: which is why i always feel guilty when i go oh you know when i'm writing a review and i describe it to people as oh it's the new jordan pljj abrams series because it feels like yeah. a good way to sell it to people to watch yeah. but actually which, it's which all misha why, green yeah. yeah which
2: is exactly why their names are on it in order that they saw this and then saw that this is something that needs to go out and move just when you move from that first sequence you're like what the hell is this and then oh it's a dream sequence and then it, it just like it doesn't feel like a step down from that insanity for everything that's going on like everything mm. there's a real solidity to the world and it's straight back from fantasy to reality with the the bus breaking down and Atticus and that woman get, having to get off and there's a lift for the white folk and there's no lift for them to the next town and it's just like it's amazing grounding and also showing the kind of the, the importance of fantasy to people in no matter their situation
0: And also the real-life horror, right? I mean, like, he comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, that was horrific. But real life is pretty shit, too. I mean, he's giving the finger to Jim Crow, but it's he's still stuck in it. So Atticus, our protagonist, if you will, is... Uh, walking home now or walking back to Chicago uh, because he's lost his father, right? I mean, he gets a letter from his father. His father's gone missing and he has just come back from the Korean War and he needs to go and find him. So he goes to find his uncle, uh, his Uncle George, who is uh, uh, who who writes a, a kind of Green Book-like guide, uh, the real-life uh, Negro motorist green book, um, the Safe mm. Negro Travel Guide, it was called. Mm. Um, so he writes a version of that and he often goes out on the road and Atticus Uh, believes that you know along with his uncle they can head out to where his father might be in order to save him slash find him Um, his father is kind of described as this book loving abusive drunk
2: yeah yeah yeah. But Count of he's, Monte he's Cristo, complex. loving
0: abusive drunk. He's
2: complex, but everyone's complex. And it's something I mentioned in our, in our review podcast is that seeing these families sit around and they're talking about Ardham, not Arkham. And they're talking about Herbert West, the reanimator, which always makes me think of Jeffrey Coombs because I always think of the movie, not that the fact that the book was like right. a really old book. But I really like the fact that, you know, you, see, you talk about representation on television and here's a bookish family. Yeah. In the yeah. 50s, a black bookish family in the 50s, which you don't, get you just don't see that on t- american tv i mean you don't even get it now That's what i'm saying you don't <laughs> yeah. see it on american tv yeah uh, or any tv and it's really interesting to see that and while atticus is a soldier he's an educated soldier and he's not like you know yes he's nursing some trauma over a couple of things which the show develops over time but we don't know what that is yet and he's just a he's a guy who likes to wear his, his pants high and likes to read his books thick you know yeah and that's a really interesting character. and his family are interesting characters. And did you notice George's wives and daughters' names? Yeah, Hippo- Hippolyta-, Hippolyta and Diana? Yeah. Oh
0: my
1: God, of course. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> yeah. Good like when I was first when he first came out, I' was like, man, that's a strange name, but sure, go for
2: it. I mean, even <laughs> his I'm, name. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, are they going to lean more into the myth, than are they going to lean into the Wonder Woman over the course of the, the, the but series? But even his
1: name, even the protagonist's name is Atticus. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a name you would generally associate with actually real people. You know. Yeah, I it's really it's know. Atticus
2: Freeman, right? I yes. It's, it's it's from um. To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, that's that's an incredibly just direct reference to to *Kill a Mockingbird*. I mean, they're not making any bones about that, but also because I think they want to depict Atticus as a thinking man, right? And that works yeah. with proper science fiction. Your heroes aren't just muscly brutes; they're all clever individuals who are trying to solve problems with their mind, as opposed Mentally to just men. thinking beating, their way out of menly yeah. problems. Yes, as opposed to just beating the crap out of the bad guys.
2: But they're not afraid to refer to their fists when they need to.
0: Also, also given that. Um, George's daughter draws comic books. It might actually be a more direct Wonder Woman reference than it yeah. is uh to the actual mythology.
2: Yeah, because she creates Pantherman, which is That's basically right. Black Panther. Yes. So, so maybe what? in a later episode we'll see Stan Lee lurking behind a the bush.
1: There's a reference to a Panther Man, but we don't actually see the comic because she's decided to change it up, right, for this particular trip down.
2: Yeah, she she threw it in a bin where um Stan Lee found it with the DeLorean and then traveled back.
1: Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um you know for me actually the you know besides those two minutes the thing that i loved a lot about the series is the way that these characters are written and the way they're performed because all mm. of these characters you know yeah they're they bookish intellectuals um african-americans who you don't necessarily see on tv but also the thing that they balance so well is these are all very strong characters so atticus mm. letty and george are incredibly strong characters but they also live in white supremacist america so every yes. time they encounter white people, the way that that strength is undercut and yeah. the way they have to be almost subservient just to get yeah. by, it's code switching. Right. And it's mm. played and performed so well in this show that it's it's it, it, it does its job. It, it, it shows the injustice of it. It makes you angry. Um, and at the same time, it shows you how these incredibly proud, strong individuals have been beaten into submission through years and years of racism. Right
2: and actually literally as well because like george Hippolytus says to george we should mm-hmm. you know i want to come out on the road with you next time or you know i can take care of it if you're tired or whatever like that and like he's hiding from her the fact that he, he has cracked knees from a bunch of crackers the last time he went out like there yeah. is true horror there and the code switching you see no, ve- no better example of the code switching than when letty goes to the bathroom in was it lynn's lydia's
1: Lydia's Lydia is
2: yeah. their diner and she just runs through saying, Get your ass up, we need to get the fuck out of here now
1: <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think there's a, the the code switching is mostly done with with the uncle, right? Because because both Chick and and uh and Letty are are less are more reluctant to do it. You know, like less when they're beaten they, down. Yeah, it's true, yeah. They're 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 more willing to sort of put up and fight with it as opposed to the uncle who's just like yes sir can i get a menu sir you know they he's a little more like it's there are maybe it, these fights are not worth fighting with you know the the pimply white guy behind the counter at a, at an ice cream shop you know yeah um, yeah so that was quite that was quite interesting and i think for me it was the 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 part well that sequence when they first bump into the sheriff and that was, you know, painful, cringy, skin-crawling, and just Terrifying. difficult to watch. Terrifying, but also just, you know, you remember that this is not just a TV show, right? That Those things yeah. happened. That happened in the past, and that sort of idea of the way you have to constantly be on your toes, you know? When Atticus asks, can I make a U-turn yet
0: that's something that's something Jonathan Majors also pointed out um I had asked him about being black in America and always having an escape route which is something I spoke about uh in my review and he said that head on a swivel thing is something that Mm. is second nature to African Americans uh Mm. even today right and I think that's something that they portray incredibly well throughout the episode whether it's in the dream sequence on the bus yeah. Uh, when they encounter the sheriff uh, in the diner, they're always aware of their surroundings. And, and I what's mean, that bit
1: that, 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 that you said, uh, like to, to bring back to the opening sequences, well, the second sequence of this movie, of this show, is that he, they are not explicitly told they cannot get on the transport for the white bus passengers. So, you know, Atticus you just looks know, and goes, right? you know what, this is not going to be it. You, you know, we're either going to end up in a fight. Either way I'm not gonna get on that truck, but it's maybe you know what, we'll just fucking walk. And I think yeah. that the idea of of head on a swivel, that idea of having an escape route, it's you just go, you know what? I'm just gonna walk to Chicago, whatever it is I'm going to.
2: Even before we get to the sheriff though, it should make you angry that like they're chased out of that coffee shop and it's the yeah. firemen. It's yeah. the pillars of the community. And they're doing with complete impunity because there is no there will be there's no repercussions for them. Yes. For the, the white people, these racists. It's they think like they're the, doing the, the, what's right, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the and worst part. And there's not even an attempt on Letty and Atticus and George's att- they, to do anything about it. There's nothing they can. All they can do is get the hell out of there. That's yes. the only option. Yeah. There is no chance no, let's for call restitution for the cops, or justice or yeah, anything. No, just
1: else. get the hell out of fucking Dodge.
0: Obviously, that doesn't happen in today's America but it's kind of been institutionalized. So it's not as overt anymore, but I guess it may still be part of people's institutionalized racism, right? Or inner racism. And
2: it is, it is, it is overt still. I don't know if you saw the story the other day. I think it was the, there's a basketball match where the manager came down, was running down to celebrate with his team and a security guard shoved him. And it's like very clearly shoved him. And the security guard has been quite happily living on disability of like 147k for the last couple of months while suing, the stadium yes. and the the the, 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 team. the
1: basketball team and the and knowing the NBA and themselves, full knowing, yeah. and he
2: was given support by the police, full knowing that yeah. this footage is he has this footage of him initiating the attack. Yeah. it's like horrifying.
1: I completely missed that. I need to go look that up. That's oh, insane. That was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And the guy yeah. was a uh, the guy was the uh, managing director of one of the one of the basketball teams. He was wearing yeah. a fucking suit. He, he was,
2: was having a suit a guy- and He had his he had his uh, he had his he, lanyard. He had lanyard. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it wasn't <sighs> even like a you know a guy in a jeans and t shirt. This is it's it's crazy. So so yeah, that it's institutionalized or not. You know, there's a there is a certain level of problem with race that they have there. And I think what this show does is that it's not a how to put it. It's not an issues show.
2: It's not right? a polemic.
1: Yes, polemic is what. At us. Yes, yeah, it's not preaching at us. Right. It's sort of you know, yes, Jim, but they're not going to tell you what Jim Crow is, you're just supposed to know they're, they're not they're not going to break down the different states that you can or can't go, they don't I mean, they don't even really go into the idea of the Green Book, right? I mean, of course, at this point, they don't really need to um, what with you know, the movie, the Green Book
2: The artistry of the show as well is that just by having the map of America that George has and Diana's scrawlings over, it, it's like literally yeah. every page is here be dragons and then yeah. be white
1: yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Rah. Here be clansmen. Here be clansmen. Um, I yeah. think, for, you know, th- the other thing that the show does uh, very well, which is something I guess Damon Lindelof did as well with Watchmen, is to try and uh, re- reappropriate popular culture. And there's been a lot of people that have kind of written articles about this when Watchmen came out, which was how he took Alan Moore's comic um, and kind of reappropriated it to tell a black story, right? Mm. Um, Lovecraft was incredibly racist um, and, and a lot of his short stories had to do with the fact of aliens or outsiders invading America.
2: Also, an awful lot of them refer to those savage beasts and a lot of them that are quite racially coded. Charged. Exactly.
0: I mean, it's, it's just not even trying to be an illusion. It's very direct yeah. in its messaging, right? Um,
2: yeah, um, This is even before you get to his cat's name.
0: What was his cat's name? What's his cat's name?
2: It's the N-word. No, you what? Can. Okay, I have to check this. I, I'm pretty sure that's what his cat's name was. Oh, oh God,
0: that wouldn't surprise me based on his writings, though.
1: <laughs> uh, can I can I be slightly less sensitive and ask: Is the cat at least black in color? Uh,
2: I think so. I'm not sure. Okay,
1: because you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't think he was. I
0: don't think he was using another language, though. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was. It was man. So, of course oh, it was. He, he owned a cat by that name until 1904. It doesn't say whether the cat died or whether he got slightly less racist. <laughs> <laughs> Just decided to rename the cat.
0: But yeah. going back to, I guess, the idea of appropriating these fictions, I mean, there's a conversation at the beginning of the show when they're walking towards Chicago and he's talking to this older lady and he's trying to reconcile this difficulty of enjoying the fictions of people who might be less than savoury. Um, yeah. with their real world beliefs, I, right? Um, I
1: don't, I don't know if he was trying to reconcile or he was trying to explain to her because, to me, it feels like he was fine. I mean, not fine with it, but he accepts that humanity is layered and people are layered and problematic. Yeah,
0: but that's but that's the reconciliation, right? I mean, this idea yeah. that
1: you know, it's this is a story
0: about an ex Confederate sho- soldier, and the woman's like, you know, you can't be ex when it comes to Confederate, right? Yeah, the flaws yeah. are still very apparent. The flaws are still there. Uh, but it, today today but it runs all the way through to Lovecraft as well because in the show his father keeps forcing him to memorize and recite this racist Lovecraft poem in an attempt to actually get him to hate Lovecraft right um but Atticus is you know he's like well people are flawed and nuanced and I just really enjoyed the adventures where the hero comes out on top
2: with this with this show the story the characters the plotting it's Shrek's and Onions all the way down
0: oh it is yeah and here Atticus is that hero, and it's completely adopted, appropriated Lovecraftian fiction and made it their story, which is fantastic. It's, 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 it's what you do, right? Even as children, when we didn't have, say, our own fictions, if you came from a community where you didn't have our own fictions or our own kind of superhero stories, we would often appropriate the others and make it suit our own fantasies. I mean that's mm. what we did growing up, and that's that's what this feels like, or these shows that have come out. Watchmen, this one included, feels like.
2: Uh, I have to say, as well, for the look of the show, I really enjoy it. It is sumptuous, and I love the. I, I don't know if it's are they are we, are we calling them Russo brothers big letters now after Avengers? Yeah, after, was it? Yeah, <laughs> that's, after Captain America: Civil War, it's just like when you get those giant ass letters straight yeah. in your face. Yeah. Um the russell letters and it's not a a title cut
1: yeah it's not a title cut it's a title shot right yeah yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. it's a title slap in the face yeah Uh, i love those and i I sent you guys this but i think i saw it around the time as well i think it was someone on on twitter called james paul who had talked about how does these go i had i did not know about this at all until i saw this was gordon park's 1956 photos um he did i think it's called segregation set or something like that segregation story he did a, captured a whole load of photos of like um people standing outside cinemas that said colored entrance or shops that had two entrances for whites and coloreds and it's it's amazing that they decided not only take this for inspiration but recreate some of the shots yeah shot for shot i've seen other people talking about the fact that when letty's loading up the car she's uh, wearing i think they're i think they're called cigarette pants right yep because like it was a it was a, a closed, a fashion person saying it and just like how yes that was the time when they were getting that way and when you see the the music scenes as well the the band scenes which we kind of have those yep. a but the mu- music plays a huge part in this show as well and just all the outfits and color and music that comes through all that stuff like it's it's like what i talked about with the the, the the scott pilgrim piece i did a while ago about how like, the, the showmakers are making like this and watchman they're making other showmakers look lazy if they just have a room with a table in it or like you mm. know a, a house like if there's not something in there that's setting you off and that like firing your imagination or is based on something else then you feel like they're being lazy <laughs> which is which is crazy considering how much time and effort it takes just to get tv made
0: yeah, yeah. But I have to say over the last 6 months or so with the kind of stuff that HBO has been coming out with, I think sumptuous is the best way to describe it. Whether it's mm. Watchmen, uh, Perry Mason, all of these period pieces, um Lovecraft Country, even that Mark Ruffalo show which, you know, the name of which we can never remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not something like no. Nope. I'm Something not really done,
0: here. Yeah, uh, yeah whatever. I, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, even that Mark Ruffalo show, Every um, it attacks a period, right? I mean, the Mark Ruffalo show mm. was set during the Gulf War, and so it was the 90s, and even the depiction of America in the 90s was so accurate. Perry Mason, taking you all the way back to the 1930s, I mean the color palette that's used, everything just kind of pops on screen.
2: There's that beautiful moment when Atticus is in his dad's house and sees the holes in the wall. And yeah. You're, like, you're not sure yeah. what that's from and he explains it later. It's like, you know, from where I think he put, point- they, they tussled, right? I think he said that yeah. they fought amongst each other and yeah. they beat the wa- They beat the shit out of the walls in their own house. They were so mad at each other. And that's a, they don't explain that until later. So you just get the imagery and get to think about it for a bit first, which is so smart.
0: We've we've gone all this well and we haven't spoken about the Shoggusts
2: well this is the thing we got to shave the, you got to shave the shock off till the end yeah yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's the end because it's the end of the show and everything we're talking about is a really interesting show where it's like okay so there's hints of something going on we've got this green book thing going which I'd be quite happy is this halfway through the episode I'm like I'm quite happy just to see these guys go from town to town and you know argue with Letty's brother and do different things and you know let it be that it's a week to week show where they're just the littlest hobo but it's the 1950s with racism and then we meet Eustace Hunt and it's like fuck this guy seriously and the, the, we talked about the the u-turn thing which is just it's so, so it's a it's action it's what's well, a character through action it's like he knows that you can get done for the smallest thing so yep. doing a u-turn whatever and that terrifying chase that that long drawn out that 20 mile
1: an hour car chase
2: 24.5 point... miles per hour <laughs> because he
1: can't he doesn't want to break 25 and that and was it's great
2: So tense and the sun yeah. is going down and i think when you're shooting with the sun you don't want to shoot like that time right by here because the sun will go down and it we'll get dark yes very quickly <laughs> very quickly yeah and it's so good and when you think they're away then oh no the cops in the next state or a county are just as racist and they've been waiting yeah and then monsters happen and I was so, there was joy in my heart.
1: <laughs> I I I have this very, very, very bad habit of looking around at people when I'm watching something and I know something's coming up. Yeah. Obviously, I've seen this, right? So when the episode premiered on HBO, I sort of put it on for my wife to watch. And and at that point where they were faced out, I was I, I I turned to my wife and go like, huh? I'm just waiting just <laughs> waiting for something to happen and then she just goes holy shit balls what is this yeah and I think it's that 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 constantly shifting of gears right you open with that crazy dream sequence with Romans and baseball players and Cthulhu and a princess from Mars and then you go through this Nightmarish, hellish, Jim Crow-style road movie, and then holy fuck, you've got monsters at the end.
2: You've got shoggoths, like actual like, real-to-god shoggoths. This crap. is not like yeah, yeah. oh, it's something like a shoggoth. No, no, it's a it shoggoth. is. Yeah,
0: and 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 that's the thing, right? Because you're watching the show, and you're what 50 minutes in yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, and then there was that brief moment before they encounter the cop where Atticus tells letty about lovecraftian creations right mm. and he's explaining it to her because they hear something in the jungle and she's like what do you think that could be and he's like ah, it could be monsters yeah. and at that point you're thinking yes yes this is a show that's all about metaphor yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the monster the metaphorical monster is racism and being black in america no 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 no, no this no, is no, a no, no, like, true, fucking monster. monster. <laughs>
2: the metaphor turns up and eats your face off. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> My notes just say, Worcester County line, and the next line is just, holy shit, followed by a load of exclamation marks.
0: I <laughs> know. And, and this too plays into what we were saying earlier about having these intellectual characters because the dialogue that follows that scene, I mean, they run into this cabin in the woods. And of course, there's an immediate dissection of what it could be. And his uncle just goes, Dracula, it's vampire.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He's just like, he's just like, it's, what's his name jordan b vance is it jordan courtney b. Vance. courtney b vance and it's just cool as a cucumber he's like you know uh ah, the children of the night right what what music they make and it's like they're like vampire he's so chill like despite yeah. the fact that i was murdered. murdered, when he says that he's like okay here's a problem i can think about you know what i mean yeah and it's a really really well and to go back to what you're talking about the the, the gear changes but here they they've mastered they you can only do that and pull it off well when you've mastered every mood and every tone yes like they yes. do it is incredibly it's not like the races the racist stuff is there as like you know to kind of a sheep a wolf in sheep's clothing to get you to the monsters all of these things are like from shows that are just about those things like yes. they're all done in exactly the, the the perfect way that you want to see them in so when they blend together it's just the best smoothie you've ever had and just seeing these monsters turn up and go weird and then you know what happens what happens when you get bitten by a vampire <laughs>
1: Is is that I I know next to nothing about Lovecraft other than the fact that he wrote a lot about monsters Is is that a part of his is that character his Yeah. Right.
2: There's, there's a level there's a, the level of the monsters is always like you know they're so was it? outside the, it's outside the ken of mortal men, I think is the kind of thing that's usually said to it. It's like a vampire, fair enough. You know, we've all seen Buffy. You kind of, they're, mm. they're downgraded. They're like the Borg and Voyager. They're easy to kill now. Um, but these things are like just gazing upon them is so mind-bendingly cosmic that your right. brain will just, lit- will literally burn in your skull or sit your head on fire. Right. Like it's that kind of, it's cosmic horror. And right. that's one of the things is that like, the other thing is that, No one ever gets, I don't think anyone ever gets away from it without, you know, either being dead or mad or possessed or something. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think with Lovecraft as well, um, there's a lot of stuff in the show that is paying homage to the stories or gets mentioned. I mean, the reanimated thing is one.
2: Arkham, which is also Arkham Press, right? They have mentioned that. And it's it's not Arkham, it's Ardham. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Artem, yes, but uh, the, that's another Lovecraftian town that exists in his fictions, and he often goes back to it. Right. So the, the the show does a lot to actually bring all of these elements into it, and then utilizes it really well. Yeah. Uh, without actually lifting stories directly from uh, Lovecraft's own stories. Mm. Um, but that's because that's what Matt Ruff did in the novel as well. Yeah. so, and maybe you know, at some it's... point,
2: there'll be some tie up that he was like he fled from whoever was writing these stories. like Lovecraft was tied into this back in the day somehow. like they they have to they will have to have some crossover like that. But it just at this point, we're not even thinking about that. It just works beautifully with these multi-eyed, weird ass fucking creatures that come in the night and then light hurts them. And then, Again, it's like it's not even a, ha- a 90 degree turn. This is like, you know that that meme of the car that's like turning really really fast? This is like Tokyo Drift style plot Pointing the plot yeah. at the end yeah. where all of a sudden it like turns into a quirky 1980 supernatural mystery comedy. It's like Scooby Doo but for grown-ups where they're walking <laughs> to the house covered in blood and there's really quirky music playing. It's like, yes. oh, this is the setup. We're going to we're going to move into this house and we're going to solve crimes.
1: Yeah. But no,
2: that's what the show looks yeah. like and I also love the fact it's like they couldn't find the road, or the, they, they mentioned there's a bridge we're supposed to cross to get to this place, and they can't find it. And then while running away, you see them walk through the bridge, and they don't even mention it. Right? Yeah. No one says, no. "Oh, it's the bridge. It's the this place. is the
1: bridge we're looking for." Yeah.
2: Yeah, they just leave it at that because it's a hidden bridge that magic only magic can let you yeah, through. Yeah, but also
1: at that point they're just so you know done with that shit. They just want to yes. get. I'm just just like you know what, fuck this. I'm so done. I hope there's a bed and breakfast at the end of this at the other end of this this bridge because I need a bath bad.
0: But then they kind of use all of these other elements to drive home. This lack of exposition, right? So they don't fall into the trap of exposition, but then when they leave for the road trip, they use James Baldwin's speech from his big debate with William E. Buckley um, and the audio from that speech kind of plays over um, them leaving for the road trip. Mm. Uh, um, um, Letty's sister is uh, Ruby, I think, and she's performing this song, I Want a Tall Skinny Papa, which is by Sister Rosetta Tarp. Um, You've got a whole lot of shaking going on so they've got all of this music that they use and what's great about even the music is they're using a whole lot of shaking going on by big may bell mm-hmm. it, which is also reappropriated from jerry lee lewis yeah. who we know as the singer of that song yeah. because that's the most popular version of that song yeah. so it's like all of
1: these clever small layered shit that they do it's so good and i think i and it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where like you want you want the each episode to come with a booklet, so you could explain to people, right? I'm sitting there with Shazam, like when I'm watching
0: oh, the yeah. episodes, going, "Wait, which version of the song is this? Yeah. This is great!" Because like, is there, <laughs> a, is, there
2: a, is there a website? Is there an official HBO podcast for this?
0: There is an official HBO podcast, but um, they don't actually go into that
1: kind of okay. detail. No, because what you want is you want to be able to tell a kid who's heard both, uh, who's mm-hmm. heard the Jerry L- Lee Lewis version of the song and say, no, look, this is where it's come from. He mm. didn't yeah. write, you know, like Elvis Presley didn't do any of that shit, you know? So and I, so it just I think feels, you've
2: just volunteered by here to go no. create the Spotify list per episode then. Ooh, right.
1: Yeah. I, I could do that
2: actually. I, <laughs> I, I enjoy it.
1: I could do the that. The annotated Lovecraft the country. Annotate, oh, I could do that. Yeah, let's, let me pencil that down. Yeah, and I think because <laughs> because, you know, like, explain i mean they explain what a sundown town was sundown county was um but you there's an especially for us in asia right the jim crow thing we may not understand so much um the the music obviously the situation with lovecraft and his books and his storytelling i think there's a there's as as asians who are not so steeped in those in that lore and history i think there's a there's there's more to this than just an interesting 10 episodes with monsters.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on here. And I think, you know, we, we talked about the twist and turns of the plot. And we'll cover this when we talk about episode two. But when episode one started and it played out, we all thought it was going one way. And yeah. we would have happily watched 10 episodes of them on a road trip. Yeah, And then they reached the end of the episode and they walk into this house and I'm already thinking, oh, OK, that's where the next 10 episodes are going to go. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. this is the driving plot. They're right? going
2: to gonna solve crimes here or they're going to be stuck in this house and not able to leave because of whatever got them here in the first place. Yeah. And then they will uncover the mystery and try and escape or that or that will take at least five episodes.
0: Yes. We'll meet dad yeah. at the cliffhanger of episode 10.
2: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> not that show.
0: No, no, no. no that no, is no, not no. this show. No, no.
1: Although this I would isn't have the happily accepted that show, I think. <laughs> yeah. I would have happily taken a road trip series going through Lovecraft country. I think that yeah. would have been Yeah, I would have taken that. I would have I'd take a comic of that. That'd be great.
0: Where all of Diana's creatures on those maps come alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: That would have been cool. But, you know what? I'm very happy with the show we I, have. I'm very happy with the <laughs> show we have. Yeah. It's inspired us to do a podcast series. And we haven't done this since second season of Discovery. I think even with Westworld, we just did the wrap-up episode, which was the last episode of Goggle Presents. So, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since that. we've watched something. Oh, yeah, we, we did forgot Picard. forgot about Picard Sorry. already, huh?
1: I did forget <laughs> about Picard <laughs> already. Yeah, I forgot about Picard. But, but you
0: know what? I think that though that... That motivation was very different. I think with the with this one thing to do, you know, cover every episode of Picard. I think that was steeped in so much nostalgia for the next generation and love of Patrick Stewart. Even um, this is genuinely this genuinely feels exciting to me. I'm looking forward to every episode because I
1: don't know what's coming next. Mm, yeah, I'm a big fan of the week to week. I loved watching Westworld week to week because. It gives me seven days to do this with you guys, right? Of yeah. just like yeah. holy crap, what just happened. I get to read all the you know, the articles online about the breakdowns yeah. and the shot for shot. But when a show warrants it, right? I think there's
0: so much stuff that we watch that get dropped all at once. Um and there's a ton of it every week now. You know, I I I didn't check August and September, but I'm sure Netflix got like a hundred shows coming out. Yeah. Uh but a lot of it feels by the by I mean it doesn't disposable. tickle your brain in the same way yeah I, I I didn't want to use the word disposable it felt a little harsh but I but think you're is, right <laughs> I, have a,
2: I have a I have a google Doc where I throw my links with all the tracking codes to like share and every so often I scroll down because it's like okay there's something that might you know, be worth resharing can't again. remember and I'm like I watched this yeah what, what? Yeah. yeah. I watched yeah. how many seasons of this did I watch yeah
1: and I think that's something HBO does quite well that the show that gets into the zeitgeist right they Westworld sort of took us over for you know the eight weeks, ten weeks that it was on. Lovecraft Country is gonna take me the eight weeks, the ten weeks that this thing is gonna be on. I'm gonna be all Lovecraft all the time.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's not water cooler TV. It's HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm. Uh, uh. And I think yeah, it's you don't get that with the shows that drop at the same time. Even like The Witcher, there was a lot of excitement for it. But because you could never tell which episode people were on, it was hard mm. to sort of have this conversation.
2: Which would have been interesting with that show's time structure as well, figuring that out on a week-week basis. Would people have yeah. dropped off it earlier? Even? Maybe, yeah. So like, yeah. I don't understand what's happening. I'm done. I'm done yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was really into The Witcher. I don't know why. I would have dropped well, off if we, we know had why. to review it. Yeah. But my mom was completely obsessed. She was like, this is a great show. I think
1: your mom I'm likes Henry Cavill. I think. Yeah. My mom likes anything.
0: No, but my mom (laughs) likes anything with extreme
1: violence, so I think that's what it is. That's (laughs) probably it, got it, cool.
0: Alrighty. Evil monsters getting hacked up. All right, so this episode, the first episode of Lovecraft Country um, ends, like we said, with everyone kind of showing up at this big manor house, knocking on the door, and the whitest person you've ever met answering it and telling them, welcome home. They make me Um, look tanned. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like, even their, even their hair is so white. Yes,
0: yes. Oh, blonde, white. I mean, it doesn't get any more Aryan than that. And yeah. we
2: haven't even, like, we haven't even mentioned, there's like, there's this, is it a Bentley, a silver Bentley running through this series yes. with a, a white lady in it that we didn't mention earlier who just kind of is, 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 is do, we, do we see who's in the car? I don't think we see who's yes. in the car. Yes, yes, she, steps, she steps, out steps out of the car. Yeah. Um, and we, and yeah, and my nose just say, oh, it's the handler from the Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah, but this that's the thing that runs through this. So there is this kind of, they do feel like they're being shepherded there. But, yeah, it is like, ah, we've expecting you, Mr. Freeman. Welcome home. And it's like, oh, shit, just got real. Shit just got real. What's going on? Yeah. And, kind of, and just the fact, no reaction to the fact they're covered in blood and no. it's a cop.
0: And, yeah, if that doesn't make you want to watch episode two, I don't know what will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can catch episode one of Lovecraft Country and all future episodes on HBO Go. Uh, that actually drops... Same time as the U.S. on Monday morning. It goes live on the app, but it only shows up on Astro's HBO at about 10 p.m.
2: Yes, the evening show. It's 9 in the morning. Is it 10 in the morning?
0: 9 in the morning. 9 in the morning. 9 or 10 in the morning, the app gets it. Yes, let us know if you have been enjoying Lovecraft Country. Actually, if you've read the book, I'm curious to know whether you're enjoying the series because they do diverge a little bit, but in a good way. We will be back after the next episode of Lovecraft Country drops on HBO. Tune in for our recap podcast, which we're calling Lovecast Country. I'll never get over that. I really enjoy it.
2: I'm over it.